What do you think would happen if we took, or just for the sake of today's micro show, if we take, rather, learning out of the realm of schools and if we could outline a, an easily repeatable process for learning? What would it look like? I think we could do it in, in a very simple framework. And in fact, that's what I want to do today is I want to outline a pattern that emerges if you deconstruct what the learning process is of the highest performers in the world. I want to articulate what I believe this process is to you. And I want to do so by introducing three phases. And then I'm going to hit you with the punchline at the end, which is going to articulate why this matters a lot. So shall we begin? Yeah, it's true. Whether you're learning to, to cook, to play the piano, or write compelling copy, rather, to drive people to your website, I think this this pattern is durable and across any other myriad of things that you could could articulate as well. The three phases, the personal phase, the public phase, and the practice phase. Now, I'm going to get into a little bit of detail here. This is not something where you have to take rigorous notes or there's not a, a listicle of 25 things. But I do want you to have your, you know, uh, I'd like you to have your uh, radar on high here because I think the this is a meta skill. If I have deconstructed the most talented, I think successful and fulfilled people, they all know how they learn and they are good at learning at acquiring knowledge and skills. I am therefore suggesting that understanding the basic components of learning and being able to apply those to how you learn is an absolute critical skill, especially in this ever-changing world that we're a part of. It's changing faster than ever before, so listen up. First phase, the personal phase. Now, in this personal phase of learning, you are tuning into your own internal wants, needs, strengths, and motivations, right? In order to do that, there are a couple things, three in particular, that I suggest you cultivate. Number one, cultivate your curiosity. I just did a micro show on this a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, it's a great one. It doesn't matter what you think you should know or you should be able to do. Deciding what to learn and I would argue what not to learn are really important first steps because most people, when they identify with learning, it takes them back to school, right? And they thought that they needed to learn by a textbook and then taking the quiz at the end of the chapter, which is not at all what I mean, not at all. And specifically, there are things that you shouldn't waste your time learning, like memorizing the, the capitals of the 50 states, right? Useless. Now, it's you have all that information on your phone within you know a millisecond. That's a, a good decision is to decide what not to learn. I think fundamentally what you ought to, to learn is things that you're curious about. What do you actually care about? Learning is a serious investment of time and energy. So what do you get really excited about? When you know what those things are, dive in, peel the onion, get excited and pull on that thread of curiosity. If you're not curious to learn how to do something that may be necessary on your journey, that's fine. I want to acknowledge that those things exist, but save your investment for that stuff and double down on the things you're excited about. Hire someone or barter for the rest. Trade, help, learn as a secondary skill, but prioritize the things you're curious about. That will in turn accelerate your learning. Thing two, under the personal phase, this is where you are 
when I call it the personal phase, it's because this is something that's largely done in private. You're asking yourself, what am I curious about? And I don't actually care, but what if you learned things that you were actually curious about? Learning becomes much easier, much quicker, and I would say will stick around for a long time. So number one is curiosity. Number two, under this personal phase, trial and play. This is true both if you do know the things that you're curious about, you can identify them. And if you're not, if you're not, you need to trial and error and play and tinker. And if you are already aware, you still ought to trial and play and tinker. This is about just getting going, picking a thing to learn, picking a tool and starting. Make a mess. It is absolutely okay. And I will just guarantee you, if you're starting something new, you're probably going to be bad at it, whether this is a business skill or a life skill. When I started learning French, as an example, we lived in France for a few years. My friends who were helping me, I remember sitting down at a table for dinner. One of the first times I was really overtly like, I want to learn French. Help me. Help me, people. I remember sitting down, looking around at a bunch of people at the table, and they just started unloading on me in French. And there were like five words that I knew. And I listened for those five words. And when I heard them, I would sort of repeat them back to them. It was a start. Because that listening exercise made me realize that I could actually imitate the sounds that I was hearing my French speaking friends saying. And I'm not going to go into details, but this was something I was curious about. So I just decided to play without any attention or care about the outcome. I knew I couldn't have a full-fledged dinner party conversation, but I was willing to be the dumbest person in the room, the person who didn't speak French around a bunch of French speakers, and it got me off to an amazing start. I was inspired, which takes me to number three under this personal phase of learning, inspiration. As you are trying things out, all kinds of peculiarities and oddities are going to catch your attention. Maybe you're flailing with the, you know, the brush in front of a blank canvas had some interesting effect. Wow. Maybe that's a thing you could replicate. Maybe goofing around in Photoshop did something unexpected and compelling. Now you have a question that you can explore. Why did that happen? Can I repeat that? This is at least a starting point. This is a, how do I, what's my journey into the material? And to be fair, one of the reasons that I, I articulate this concept of, the, of a personal phase of the learning journey, the learning process, is because whether you do this overtly or not, I think you should be aware of it, but whether you do it overtly or not, this is what's happening when you're tinking and when tinkering, rather, when you're something catches your eye or when you are needing to know something because the gap in your knowledge is standing between you and something that you want. This is my intention here is to try and articulate what is going on in the personal phase of learning. Now, this personal phase of learning begets a public one eventually. And this is, you could argue that my example of the, the French dinner party is is sort of early on in the public phase because I had declared it to some friends who were willing to help me. In this phase of learning, however, you use outside resources to start answering the questions that you develop when you are in the personal phase. For example, I like to think of the public phase of learning as starting out with 
scaled instruction. This is when you look out on in the universe of possible ways to learn and saying, oh, wow, there's probably a way for me to dip my toe in the water. If something unexpected happened while you were in your personal phase of learning how to learn, say X happened, you begin to ask a question, why? What was the underlying mechanism? This idea of scaled instruction is absolutely brilliant for this phase. This is things like books, for example, or in a more modern and I would say fleeting and available universe. What about YouTube? Learning apps, online experts, platform, learning platforms like Creative Live or Maven or any of these other ones. Now, a book may not be able to give you experience on how to direct a photo shoot, but you could learn something like this in a minute watching a professional do this on YouTube. I'm not prioritizing books over learning apps or YouTube videos, but this is the concept of scaled learning. This is a, you, you've committed to wanting to learn something. You've then decided, okay, I am going to learn this thing. I believe that one of the first places you should turn to start to get your questions answered is in these scaled manifestations of learning books, podcasts like this one. Um, you know, you can search podcasts and find podcasts about the things that you're interested in. Now, there's something powerful about when you start to see this because you do not have to have a friendship with me to listen to the show. You do not have to know the author of a book to buy that book and to learn from them. That's why I believe this is sort of the new college. This is this is 101, right? You get all of your 101 education from books, podcasts, pop culture, YouTube videos. But from 101, you start to you start to get interested, right? You want to make like go into the 201 to use the old college framework, which is not the irony is not lost on me, believe me. But I think this part is community, right? Again, all these are in the public phase of learning. You're learning publicly. You're reaching out to external resources. One of those things is books and podcasts and digital media. Another is community, right? Seek out other people who are learning the same stuff that you are. This allows you to get together with them, discuss what you've learned and practice together, whether you're online or in person, connecting with a community will support your learning efforts. The cool thing also is it exposes you to a diverse set of ideas that will likely dramatically enrich and or help shape your perspective on what it is that you're actually learning. And remember, passion here is infectious. So if you show up at these communities excited to learn, people can smell that and they want to contribute and share and connect with you. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting that this is true from experience and from watching it millions of times on Creative Live, for example. Now, the last bullet that I have here under the public phase of the learning journey is individualized or smaller group instruction. Now, it is feasible to find a teacher in this day and age. You can find them online. You can still go to probably go to a brick building where someone's going to stand at the front of a room and teach you something. The point is that you now have access to mentors, mentorships, individuals, or in small cohorts to learn from people who have actually already done and or maybe even mastered the thing that you're interested in, right? Once you've been trying something on your own for a while and you've been out in the community meeting people further along than you are, or people that you might be able to help, teaching them to do the things that you're learning, you're going to be much more ready to absorb lessons from an actual instructor 
and you'll be in closer proximity to those who are able to teach the subject. Now, this sounds obvious, but a lot of people that I know, they jump into this individual or group instruction too early. They haven't actually developed a bunch of questions yet that someone can teach them. Someone who, you don't even know where you are in the universe of this skill. Where Are you a one out of a 10 or a nine out of a 10 in your acquisition of this skill? This is why this early personal phase and some of those early attributes in this public phase are valuable prior to seeking individual instruction. All right, let's say you have a great teacher. You learned enough to understand what your own particular needs are, your interests and your challenges. What next? Now we really enter the practice phase. In the practice phase of learning, this third out of three phases, the practice phase, you are going to begin iterating, honing, failing, and repeating this over and over and over until you hone these skills. And there are surprised only two things that I have articulated here, not three, like you expected. You expect there to be three. There's only two. One is repetition. The other is a process that I called DEAR, D-E-A-R, DEAR. To start off, thing one in the practice phase is, lo and behold, repetition. No surprise there. What does this mean? It means that most skill, I would say every skill, has some conceptual components to it, some mechanical components to it, right? In order to master photography, for example, you got to understand concepts like exposure and shutter speed, and you have to fiddle with a bunch of knobs and buttons on a camera, or you have to learn how to press that button on your iPhone or adjust some of those settings under the digital menu up in the upper left-hand corner. You get it. There's a bunch of tactics, right? You have to fiddle. In the words of the choreographer Twyla Tharp, though, skills only get imprinted through action. There is a repetition. If you adjust the aperture on a camera enough times, not only can you start to do that without thinking about it, just like driving, but you actually develop a deeper, a more intimate understanding. This is the benefit of repetition. This is the most widely, I would say, understood, not not understood, but the most widely understood. Yeah, of course, if you want to learn something, you got to repeat it. But I want to add a second bullet to this practice phase. It's not just about repetition because if you just repeated something over and over and over, you're not really changing and adapting. This is why I introduced the concept here called DEAR, D-E-A-R. What do I mean by that? It's an acronym for four things. Number one, deconstruct. Number two, emulate. Number three, analyze. And the fourth step, the R, is repeat. You're repeating a process where you're deconstructing the, the work of the best in the world or people that you admire, respect, or appreciate or you're curious about. You emulate what they're doing. You say, oh, you, this person, she broke it down into four steps. I'm going to emulate those four steps in whatever it is that I'm doing. You're going to analyze the results that you're getting. You're going to adapt as you need and repeat. All right. The cool thing about learning is that it follows a power curve distribution, which is this is fancy language for saying that you're going to make big strides quickly at the beginning of this curve, at the beginning of understanding, at the beginning, and then your progress is going to slow over time. And that is frustrating for some people. But 
I think that's an interesting place where you need to, to stay curious, stay open because most people, when they are learning a new process or skill or anything, this is when they disconnect. This is when they tune out. And it could be for a good reason. You could realize that I do not want to learn about advanced, advanced calculus. But for the people who are really curious about advanced calculus or the people who really do want to make their first film, when the learning curve starts to flatten out a little bit, they start to realize or you start to realize that this, this little, this new skill that you just learned may be the difference between your film getting selected for the film festival or not. Are you getting that, uh, the nod to go ahead and produce that film or not? And that may separate you from your peers or competition or just get you closer to the goal, the thing that you want to do. Now, when you're able to complete your own personal objectives, you've learned the material. There's no certificate. There's no sort of arbitrary set of requirements this is based on or what, what someone else thinks you should know or not know. And keep in mind, life is way too short to try and collect skills just for the sake of collecting skill, right? Skills and sub-skills, it's sort of like trading cards, right? I understand that you you may want to go deeper and deeper, but also starting to understand where the value is. This process, if you can zoom out enough, this is the learning process. Again, personal, right? You get curious, you poke around a little bit. Public, you start to learn out there from materials in the world, from books and people and podcasts, instructors. And then when you find enough to go on, you go deep. You start to repeat the things that you want to get really good at. You start to practice the skills and the drills that you received from those books and podcasts and instructors. And you deconstruct the results of the people who are great. You emulate the things that work for you. You analyze your results and then you repeat. Those three phases are the keys to understanding learning. Now, this is the punchline here to this episode, which is in following this above process, you will achieve proficiency and start to learn the most important thing, which is learning how you learn best. What areas of those three are easy for you? Go quick. Which are difficult? And it may be true that in one area, say the math example that I gave, a particular area is very easy for you and a different area is hard. And then in something very practical like photography, the opposite could be true. But what you will discover is in learning how you learn, you this is a force multiplier to everything, right? Once I understood how I learned, not only did I start to trust that process more, but the skills came easier for me and the literally the process of learning became more joyful. Not only was it a huge unlock when I realized that I could actually, as an adult, learn only about things that I really wanted to know about or things that were going to help me in my life. And I didn't have to learn boring shit from a textbook. That got me really excited. I mean, think of that, that knowledge is compounding. Just like, you know, you put money in the bank when you're younger and it, through interest and compounding, it grows. The same is true with knowledge. Now, you're going to develop new skills for the rest of your life. Traditional school has changed a lot. And whether you are attending a, a school like that or not, you should know that 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 will be more rigid 
And there will be more structure around that than what I have just prescribed here and understanding how you learn and being the, 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 your self-master here. However, the flexibility that this system offers has made all of the difference to me and many of the most successful, happy, and fulfilled people that I know. And I think it can be that for you. So get used to learning how to learn. Get used to understanding where you are in this process and what attributes, what should you be bringing to the table or what should you look for in that particular phase of learning. And if you understand this better and you can manipulate, work within this framework, this super basic framework, I think you're going to be better off. You're going to learn faster and it's going to be more fun along the way because we all like to be to know a little bit about where we are on this journey. So that's my hope with today's episode. Again, learning how to learn and learning how you learn best. I hope that's helpful. Uh, love to hear from you in either the comments on the blog post where you found this or on social if you got a link to it or just enjoy it and dig deeper into something that really piques your interest. And until next time, Yours truly here in my studio in Seattle, I bid you adieu. Thanks for listening. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together. <music>